It's the Full Go presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here, and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filtered by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every, that's right, every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser, but I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I wanna wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC Pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. Learn more about the albums you love with Dissect, a music analysis podcast hosted by me, Cole Kushner, a lifelong musician. Each season of Dissect dives deep into one album, examining the music, lyrics, and meaning of one song per episode. We've covered albums by Kendrick Lamar, Tyler the Creator, Frank Ocean, just to name a few, and our brand new season just launched all about Radiohead's 2007 masterpiece, In Rainbows. Listen to Dissect on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, because great art deserves more than a swipe. Chicago everywhere, check it. It's not enough Chicago. We just don't have enough Chicago people. Jason Goff is here. Well, I'm at Full Go. The Full Go Podcast. The Full Go. Bears, Bulls, White Sox, Cubs, and Blackhawks. Our man, Jason Goff. Three times a week with Jason Goff. His mood is elevated. He is feeling good. Jason, I'm loving the Full Go. Love the Full Go. The Full Go. The Full Go. Welcome to Full Go with Jason Goff. That is what I'm talking about. Talking about. What up, world? You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Yeah. to the format that the, that the good people over there at the ringer and spotify uh you know bestowed upon us here at the full go and shout out to where we have taken it as a crew you know i got the exceptional one shouting me down telling me to get my windows closed before he whooped my ass you know tony gill is in the cut and got the chain out with the white tee all right and of course the chief vibes officer himself chris sutton is with us as well this is episode 296 or 295 295 Right. Episode 295 of the Full Go podcast brought to you by the ringer. Of course, Spotify is the gang. I'm Jason Goff. You've already heard the voices, hopefully, of the crew. Um, yeah, man. I ain't coming with you with the, the normal Bears madness tonight because, of course, we got AB on tonight. We're going to get the actual factuals from Alex Brown. Good on number 96. And he um, he, he went in. 
he, he said some things that I think you guys are going to uh, appreciate in terms of football that we've seen before and the psyche of a locker room after some of these letdowns that we've seen over the last three weeks and also what's coming up with this Denver team. So stay tuned for the Alex Brown portion of the pod. Uh, we are so delighted to have that brother on on a weekly basis here on the full go. But we're going to hit you in the face with some baseball. So I started the day. You know, y'all know me. I try to consume everything, even though I don't get a chance or even want to talk about everything on this pod from episode to episode basis. But I started this day just watching MLB Network, right? And all of a sudden, I see the Detroit Tigers announcing, is is it Jeff Greenberg? as their new general manager, Jeff Greenberg. And of course, Scott Harris is their president of baseball operations. And of course, both those gentlemen were here in Chicago. So I, I saw the name and I thought to myself, wait a minute, Jeff Greenberg. I'm like, wait a minute. That's the assistant general manager of the Chicago Blackhawks. That's the guy who is the assistant GM of the hockey squad here. Now all of a sudden he's jumping to a whole different sport and getting a bump and shout out to Jeff. Right. But man, I didn't even like Jerry Krause's background of a baseball scout turned basketball executive is fascinating because Jerry Krause has always been and was always a a baseball guy. Even went back to baseball before he passed away. He was a Met scout at the end there for a little bit. And, you know, you just it's interesting to see the the cross pollination of ideas and um, people for that for that uh, for that matter. Right. Because you don't think. All right. I'm doing this in hockey and all of a sudden I'm just going, unless it's like on a marketing side, right? We saw John McDonough famously go from the Cubs side of things, marketing wise to the Blackhawks side of things when the Blackhawks had their recent Renaissance here, uh, you know, just what half a decade ago, but man, I'm watching MLB network, right? I'm checking out all the shows, trying to get hip to not only what this final week of baseball is supposed to be, but some of the, the major players, because let's face it, y'all baseball is a fiercely civic, game it's a fiercely local game and it's become that more and more over the years and in the world series ratings to tell you that right like when we when we see these world series ratings they got to be some blockbuster squads and if, even if so right even if you've got the the yankees or somebody else in there there's a lot of markets who aren't tuning in so in this last week heading into the playoffs where as we're recording tonight the philadelphia phillies are in Right. They locked their spot up and the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Cubs and a couple of these other teams are trying to figure out what these other couple of spots are going to look like. This was a brutal loss for the Chicago Cubs tonight. A brutal loss. All right. I'm sitting there, you know, popping a frozen pizza in the oven, getting the salad ready for my little guy. Cause, you know, it's either that or chicken nuggets and broccoli or set. Which frozen pizza? Oh, uh, we're going to Giorno's now. You know, we saw that home run in pizza. Okay. We see, we saw that home run in pizza thing that 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 kind of oh. hit the hit the interwebs about a couple of months ago, a few months ago. I was like, man, I put a lot of bad shit in his system. I don't want, you know, I don't want them to tell me something bad's happening and I continue to do it. So we, we switch it to DiGiorno's, right? And he hasn't really, he hasn't really quibbled with, yeah, he hasn't really quibbled with the, the quality of it. You know what I'm saying? He understand 425 on high, 17 minutes. Next thing you know, you got yourself a beautiful meal. And he's going through a loose tooth situation right now too. So he gave me the whole, daddy, I, I'm not going to be able to eat for a couple of days because my tooth hurts. And I'm like, all right, we'll see. We'll see how your body treats you. Yeah, at some point, you're going to get something in there, right? So, you know, and he actually, I thought I was going to have to do uh, one of those fatherly duties of pulling his tooth out tonight. 
because he was talking about how painful it was. And I asked him, I gave him the pain test and anything like one to 10. Let me, let me know where you're at. And he was like, what's a five. I'm like, oh, that's just daddy's normal status as a, as a 42 year old man where things just hurt, you know, plantar fasciitis just happens while rolling over in the bed these days, that kind of thing. So I'm like, yeah, dad. Yeah. Yeah. Jay. A five is, is where daddy is at at all times, right? <clears throat> but I thought I was going to have to pull out a tooth, right? I'm looking at the score. I'm watching the game out of one eye. I'm watching Justin Steele mow down what is. And, you know, shout out to the Dodgers and shout out to the Rays and shout out to the Orioles. But, man, that Braves lineup is just... Uh, Justin Steele did what he had to do a couple of times through that lineup. And, of course, David Ross right now is having trouble trusting people in the pen and also trying not to tie your arms out down the stretch here. Um, Javier Assad, what can you say, man? The dude, hey, you, you want to pitch R- Ronald Acuna low and away as much as you possibly can? It bit a little bit too much of the zone. Next thing you know, we're talking about a 6-5 ball game. And I know how much everyone loves Otani. I love Otani. I love Otani, right? But... For my money, like Mookie Betts and Ronald Acuna Jr. are as exciting as Shohei Otani is to me. Ronald Acuna Jr. has messed around and brought back stolen bases in a way that now we can start talking about these guys the way we talked about dudes in the 80s. Like when I was a kid, like stolen bases and bunts and moving the, you know, people moving around, the game actually having action. Ronald Acuna Jr. in this one year of shifts being out the window and stolen bases and running being up, he is, he is, change the game back to what it's supposed to be. If you have power and you have speed, what you waiting on? They're going to go at some point. Ronald Acuna Jr. is amazing, y'all. Like, if you don't know, then you haven't been watching baseball. But to see what he did tonight on the Javier side pitch is low and away. It wasn't a bad pitch, but there's a reason why he has 41 home runs, 103 RBI, hitting 335, and has a 1.011 OPS. He's got a 1,000 OPS, man. That's like at the end of the season when you have that, there's like maybe three or four dudes who are doing that at that level in the game. So for Justin Steele to shut this lineup down the first couple of times through the rotation, and then, you know, everybody, and I know David Ross, there's some moves that you can point out and there's some moves that are going to be talked about um you know miles mastroboni yeah you, you can't really be mad at it tonight you know he got three or four hits got he stole a base in the top of the eighth i'm sorry yeah in the top of the eighth to keep them out of a double play like you know there are certain guys that cubs fans have gotten so used to being mad that <laughs> david ross is counting on but when they come through they come through and he was one of those guys tonight right but you know, it, it, uh, uh, if it's Jose Quas or if it's Javier Assad or you, you, you're going to different guys in the bullpen just trying to piece things together, and it's going to make you look like a, uh, you know, an average manager at times, right? Especially when you when you only got a couple of innings. Like I heard him talking about Marcus Stroman this morning, or uh, this afternoon, I should say, on the score with uh, with, with Lawrence and you're only going to get so many innings out of that guy. Right. So you're thinking to yourself, all right, when do I, when do I put the big joker on the table? Or, you know, do I ask Justin Steele who, you know, the last two or three starts haven't been Justin Steele. Like, (laughs) do I push him to the limit? This other thing that we got to remember too, y'all, the Cubs have been playing balls to the wall baseball since the trade deadline. 
Like they, it went from, hey, prove to me that I shouldn't trade every goddamn body in this clubhouse <laughs> to, hey, y'all, it's a week left in the season. Yeah, time to get that emotional high that you've been looking for. They've been on that emotional high since the trade deadline. So at some point, when do these dudes run out of gas? You make your way down to Atlanta, which, man, it, it brought back memories, y'all. I remember when I was in Atlanta, and the only time that I would kind of feel like home is when the Chicago teams would visit. I remember when the Cubs would come and I remember when the Bulls played the Hawks and I, you know, I caught Derek walking out of the, out of the tunnel and he was like, what you doing here? I'm like, well, kind of work here now. It's good to see you. And I, I thought that we had communicated that I was coming down here, but yeah, good to see you. Good to see you. You know what I mean? I know you're in the zone. I don't want to, you know, I know I'm not as important as I think I am, but you know, good to see you. Right. It, it made me feel like, I, you know, the crib came to visit me every single time. So seeing the Cubs at Truist Park was, you know, it, it brought back some memories, it brought back some memories, but it's a brutal loss. And you know why it's a brutal loss? Because the guy that you don't want to have make a mistake on this team made the mistake. Say a Suzuki had a Brant Brown moment. If you don't know a Brant Brown moment, it was a Brewers game back in the day, Cubs playoffs, you know, hopes are on the line and Brant Brown, uh, you know, a, a, a decent outfielder back in the day, you know, as a utility guy, bench guy for the most part, drops uh, what is a surefire out and Ron Santo goes crazy. You know, he dropped the ball. He dropped it. You remember that if you're a Cubs fan, immediately when the ball is slicing, the ball off of Murphy's bat is slicing into right center and Cody Bellinger is Cody Bellinger. Cody Bellinger is one of the best center fielders in all of baseball, but the ball had a little tail on it. Seiya Suzuki is calling Cody Bellinger off, and the communication is beautiful. He puts his glove up, and the ball just doesn't go in his glove. And you had Jim Deshays wondering if it was the lights or whatever the case may be. Um, the ball got him. Something happened. The ball must have jumped, you know, in, 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 a, in a moment where he thought it was on course and he didn't catch the ball. Cody Bellinger gets it back in. They should be out of the inning. I mean, we had two walks, right? You had two walks in that inning. You're supposed to get out of that inning and they don't get out of that inning. They lose the game and you hate to see it happen to that dude because Seiya Suzuki is the last guy on this team that I want to make an error. And it's because he's been damn good, man. They gave Say Suzuki a little reset, and he turned into the best damn hitter on the team, the most consistent hitter on the team. So for him to have that kind of error in this moment, oh, my God, he is about to be merciless on himself. And it's so, you know, I'm being very careful here because anybody else, anybody else, like, and I've said this before about football players, basketball players that make a mistake. I've said, oh, he's going to give himself the samurai's death, right? Where, you know, you, you puncture yourself like a, you know, like a good samurai should at the end. And, you know, you, but can't do that here because that would be um, off-putting and it would not be, you know, it would be cancelable. And I'm not that guy. Okay, so it was a moment there when I was thinking of doing it and saying it. I was like, you know what? Not everybody's going to understand that I'm not that guy. And I got bills in this fourth quarter that need paying. So, you know what? He dropped the ball. It is. <laughs> he dropped the ball. It is. <clears throat> you know, it's another moment where that happened to me, y'all, where um, it was a Bears Cardinals game. I will never forget this. And. Peanut Tillman, I think, had 
I think this was the game where he got his ribs broken by a uh, another um, another bear. I don't even know if his bears called Cardinals, but he he got his you know he got hit by another player in the in the backfield, and you could tell Peanut was hurt. And Peanut was the dude where even if he was hurt, he wasn't you know he wasn't gonna make a big stink of it. You just find out you know oh by the way Peanut had to have his leg cut off because because <laughs> he's the toughest dude back there, right? He gets hit by a teammate, and I tweeted out, "Uh oh." Tillman succumbs to friendly fire. Now, if y'all know the Pat Tillman story, the real story of how Pat Tillman passed away and not the made up story that everybody tried to make so that they could, you know, propagate more uh, American war machine stuff and, you know, uh, you know, USA, you know, he was fighting against others. Pat Tillman got hit by friendly fire. I tweeted that out. And of course, I'm not thinking of Pat Tillman in the moment. I'm thinking of Charles Tillman. And boy, did they rain down on me. And it was one of those moments where I'm like, you know what? I'm not even going to fight it because I guess I should have known better in that moment. I guess I should have in that moment been more cognizant that these words strung together might stir up something else. But y'all knew I fought it, though. Y'all knew I fought it. Oh, yeah. Anybody who came with the sauce, I was letting them know. And on top of it, I was like, hey, and let me tell you what, you know, Pat should still be here. You know what I'm saying? So from that moment, I thought about this moment. I was like, you know what? Don't even tweet nothing, Jay. Just just be like, hey, man, Suzuki, I hope you you catch the next one, player. I hope you catch the next one. But they need him, though. They need him. Because you already know he's going to be merciless on himself. You already know he's going the next few days. This dude is going to be in his own head. And that's what you can't have, especially down this stretch. So hopefully everybody in the clubhouse is letting say Suzuki know that, hey, man, shit happens, dog. You right? Like we wouldn't be in this position this last few weeks, couple of weeks, if it weren't for you anyway. So hopefully he gets it back on track and hopefully just hopefully, um, the casual betting brothers will hit on this same game parlay that we're about to hit you with because we got Braves, we got Cubs, we got another game, right? So as I take a look here at our FanDuel Sportsbook app, as I bring it up, shout out to the good people at FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more with the good people over at FanDuel Sportsbook. As I bring up my MLB app, scroll on down. Cubs take it on the chin to the Braves. What is the same game parlay people have to say? And with tomorrow's matchup, well, depends on whether you're listening to this, right? So with Wednesday's matchup between the Braves and the Cubs, uh, we got Jameson Tyone versus Darius Vines. And Jameson Tyone has been up and down. We all know this, but uh, that, that Atlanta Braves lineup is, like I mentioned, super stacked. So I'm thinking that Jameson Tyone gets the alternate strikeouts f- five or more i'm thinking that we go over on the run scored between these two teams as we saw tonight uh truest park is not going to hold anything that that is uh uh, has a good swing on it so i'm going the over i'm going the alternate strikeouts five or more for jameson tyone and i'm going with the cubs on the money line I, i think it's going to be a slugfest and i think the cubs bats are going to I wake up because obviously they put up enough runs tonight to win. But uh, I think Patrick Wisdom, uh, I think he likes hitting there. 
and that ball travels and he's got a swing that you know is home run or nothing damn near all the time so and Dansby Swanson as well right he, he got the welcome back I think Dansby Swanson is going to have himself a big game in front of his former home team and home fans so I like the over I like the Cubs on the money line and I like Jameson tie on the alternate strikeouts five or more that'll be the same game parlay for Wednesday's matchup Braves versus Cubs it's the full goal baby This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. Get ready to start the NFL week off right, because right now all customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay for Thursday night football. Just place a three-leg same-game parlay on this week's game between the Packers and the Lions. We got a same-game parlay for y'all. It is going to be this. Casual betting brothers are going with the over for Jordan Love, who all of a sudden has turned into the second best quarterback in the NFC North? Question mark. 227 and a half is the over. We're going over that. Jared Goff, ah, oh, my cousin from another mother. 249 and a half is the passing yards over under. We're going over that. We're going over the Jordan Love passing touchdowns, by the way. Yeah, it's six through the first couple of weeks of the season. Ran to a little speed bump against the New Orleans Saints and then came back from 17 down. I trust the dude now. Three weeks straight, I trust him. So I'm going over the one and a half passing touchdowns. And if I'm doing that on that side, I got to do it on the other side as well. Going over the one and a half passing touchdowns for Jared Goff as well. So our four leg same game parlay sounds like this. Jordan Love and Jared Goff over their respective passing yard totals and Jordan Love and Jared Goff over the one and a half touchdown mark that FanDuel has set for us. NFL same game parlays are the perfect way to combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payday. Build your own or choose from one of the popular SGPs pre-built for you in FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. Visit FanDuel.com slash FullGo. That's FanDuel.com slash F-U-L-L-G-O so you don't miss out on your chance to get a no-sweat same-game parlay on America's number one sportsbook. FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Refund issued is non-withdrawable bonus bet that expires seven days after receipt. Max refund $5 unless otherwise specified. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Hey, it's Len Casper, the radio voice of the White Sox. You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff. And uh, in less entertaining and uh, less fun, less exciting, less intriguing news, Luis Robert Jr. is out for the season with an MCL sprain. Left Sunday's game. We didn't get a chance to talk about it because we were all Bears and Chiefs up. But Luis Robert Jr.'s season is over. And he is now, uh, what, knee sprain? They said if he was, said if it was in the middle of the season, that he'd be fine. 
in two weeks or so, he'd be back. I just want to commend Luis Robert Jr. for being one of the only things to watch on the South Side for this entire summer. And remember how it started out with Luis, you know, jaking it maybe in the field and people saying he's not running hard and all these other things. Say hey, they were right. <laughs> and on top of it, yeah, if there's anybody on that team <laughs> that can point to the stats and say, hey, can't talk to me, it's him. And that's what I worry about. That's what I worry about. Luis Robert Jr. has had a marvelous season. Luis Robert Jr. is one of the best center fielders in all of baseball. He hit 38 home runs, had an OPS of 857. And this is wild, having an erratic strike zone. Obviously, he locked in a lot more over the, the, the second half of the season. The strike zone looked a lot more consistent, shall we say, in the second half of the season. Hopefully, hopefully. Luis Robert Jr. understands that this is not the end, right? This isn't the finished product. This is just the beginning because I still think his hit tool is a lot better than he's shown over the, the first couple of years. You know, hitting 264, people don't care about average as much anymore, and that's fine. But I still think Luis Robert Jr. has the, the profile of a 280, 285 type of hitter. It's just the consistency in which he's going to make sure that pitchers are pitching inside the strike zone. But other than that, he's got the glove. You know, he's got the speed. That's the other thing, too. You know, watching Ronald Acuna Jr. run the bases is a treat. It's a delight. It's a joy. Luis Robert is six foot two, 220 pounds. This dude is he's got Bo Jackson type, you know, burst. Like his athletic qualities are right there to be seen. And and shout out to baseball for accentuating athletes more over this last half a decade as well, right? Like especially with the shifts being banned, you're going to see, and, and Jed Hoyer knew what it was, you know, good front offices are ahead of the curve. Hey, run prevention, get the athletes out there up the middle. Right, Nico Horner, Danzy Swanson, Cody Bellinger. We're gonna take away runs. We're gonna we're gonna make outs where there shouldn't be outs. Luis Robert Jr. is that guy and has been that guy. I want to see that. I want to see that find its way or, or 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 you know translate to the base running. He had 20 steals this year, 20 in 145 games. There's no reason Luis Robert Jr. shouldn't be a 40 steal a year guy. None with that talent. It's just the instincts, right? And you can work on some of those. You can work on, and that's the other thing. We're going to find out the development part that Chris gets and, 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 and Josh Barfield are going to have to flesh out. If a guy has that kind of talent, there shouldn't be any reason why you're not exhausting all of it. And these off seasons have to matter. They have to count for something. You can't just come back with the same game, right? We talk about this in basketball all the time where it's like, all right, what'd you come back with? Or are you just the same player a year older? Like, you, you can't waste these young years. You cannot waste them. Luis Robert Jr. right now is sitting at 26, right? He's not 22 or 23. So this game has to kind of get refined while this window has closed and another one is getting ready to open. So by the time Luis Robert Jr. is 29 years old, and this team should be back to where they're supposed to be. I want to see Luis Robert Jr. not only using his legs, but also having a more refined strike zone. You know, I, I remember as a kid bringing home uh, C's and telling my mom, hey, I'm in all honors and AP classes. 
These are A's to the dodos. You know what I mean? These these, these are A's and B's for the kids that's walking around with chin straps and helmets on the on the third floor. You know, the kids is getting out before everybody else. You feel me? You know, kids the kids that get takeout every every day for lunch. You know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about. Y'all know, yeah, you can laugh all you want, Chris. You know who I'm talking about. You know what I mean? Them kids. I'm like, hey mom, them kids would be getting F's. I'm getting C's. So after she wore my ass out and said, never bring these C's in my house again, I was like, oh, you, you, you got it. You know why? Because I had shown her my baseline. I had shown her what I am capable of and what I should not be falling below. This season was Luis Robert Jr. bringing C's in honors classes to White Sox fans and the White Sox organization. He was like, yo, I'm pretty cold, but... I'm still part of the problem sometimes. <laughs> I'll run when I want to sometimes, you know? And then he, 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 he locked in in the second half. This is the baseline for Sox fans, for that organization, and for Luis Robert Jr. If there's anything to, to hold and, and know that this is it, because we kind of stopped talking about that whole Tim Anderson face of black baseball and face of the Chicago White Sox thing, didn't we? Huh? We kind of, we kind of black, we kind of backed off it, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. Look look at Tony. Look at Tony ready to shoot his man with bail. Tony Tony couldn't wait to, but I mean, you know what that is? That's, that's a good friend right there. That's, 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 that's a man who has been brought many a time, you know, his friends, you know, his, his friend's woman to hit him up and be like, you know what? He ain't shit. And then Tony, but, but you know, like, you know, he, he used to be shit. He used to be cool. <laughs> I mean, he not raw dog. Right, right, right. You know exactly. Like, yeah, he <laughs> ain't bring nothing home, did he? You know. Right. <laughs> Come on, you got, he ain't got another kid. Right, right. You, you know? got to let him blow off some steam. You know. <laughs> Look at you. You ain't shit. And they blow. What what I really wanted to say was like, you know, the Chris Getz, He's got to pay attention to the last few seasons, and you know, including this one with Lou Bob. It's like, how many of these are we gonna waste? Right. Yeah, you wasted the Tim Anderson best hitter in baseball seasons. You wasted the Dylan C. Cy Young season, and now you wasted the the Luis Robert season. Like you don't get many of these. Uh, this is not even above average. Like excellent no, years from excellent excellent players. So like if you keep banking or hoping that oh somebody else will have you know an excellent you know year, you can't you can't do that. You got to start matching these seasons up and timing these players uh, outputs correctly um you know otherwise again like you mentioned Lou Bob's gonna be 29 and what you gotta you gotta have something to show for it. yeah like you don't know if Tim Anderson's gonna be here you don't know if uh, uh Dylan Cease is gonna return back to you know what he was you need to take advantage of these seasons when they come otherwise you, you're just gonna be lost in the shuffle again yeah yeah and just think about how how drastically things have shifted from the start of this year to the end of this year for the White Sox. Dylan Cease and Michael Kopech were thought of as your ace and your number two going into this season, right? I mean, Lance Lynn, obviously, right? But we saw at the end of last year that Lance Lynn, you know, is a big guy, a lot of innings, you know, long career. He shouldn't be asked to be that. Yeah, at some point, your know, young dude's got to step up and be the the prospects or the payoff the prospect that you thought they had. Dylan Cease had already done that last year. Michael Kopech, we've been going back and forth through injury and inconsistent play. And by the end of this season, Michael Kopech is in a bullpen. 
All right, Dylan Cease did not look like Dylan Cease from last year. Now you can attribute that to uh, fatigue, you know, endurance issues, never pitching as many innings as he pitched last year with the state that he had to pitch it. I mean, every game was a high leverage game for Dylan Cease last year. And then coming into this year, didn't get off to a good start. Michael Kopech was oft injured again this year. Like, there's some real questions going into this offseason for the Chicago White Sox. So one thing that you can bank on is that Luis Robert Jr. is going to be very, very good. Now, will Luis Robert Jr. be great? All right. This was a very, very good season from a guy that we have been expecting these kind of like we didn't talk about him being a dark horse MVP when this pod first started for no damn reason. This is the talent that he has. So we'll see what gets and whoever the manager is can get out of him because now you have the baseline. These numbers are cool. Now you want to see the winning match to it and the winning attitude and the winning culture, you know, built around it. We'll see if it happens, but baseball is still happening. It's still happening. And thank God, because if not, we'd have to talk a whole lot about the bears again, which I'll leave up to Alex Brown coming up next. This episode is brought to you by NetSuite by Oracle. As your business grows, you might start seeing some lag. There's too much work for your team, too many different processes, and it takes forever to close the books. If this sounds like you, you should know these three numbers, 37,000, 25, and one. 37,000 is the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. It's a cloud financial system that can help streamline accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25, that's how many years NetSuite has been helping businesses do more with less, and one, because your one-of-a-kind business deserves a customized solution for your KPIs. It's like when you come here for this podcast or when you check out your favorite website to gather all the info you need to make better decisions for your fantasy leagues. Well, NetSuite does that for your business and then some. It's one efficient system, one source of truth with everything you need to grow. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash ringer. That is netsuite.com slash ringer. What up, world? It's Vic Spencer, and you're listening to The Full Goal with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. It's good to see you, as always, man. Thank you. Um, So, uh, this is the third week that we sit down, and we're trying to figure out what's next. Um, What's the worst beating you've ever taken on a football field? Score-wise. Yeah. Because there's been some games where I got my ass handed to me. And, and the score wasn't crazy? Yeah, the score didn't – yeah, the score didn't – wasn't indicative of how my body felt. So – but the score we, – we lost to um, two games. Pittsburgh game was a lot closer in 05, but we got beat up in that game. Now, the Indy game back in 2004 – Edwin James ran for 200. Peyton Manning threw for four or five touchdowns. They beat us 41 to six or something like that. That was from my, from just memory, that that was the worst whooping that I took um, in the league score-wise. Like, we just, gosh, we couldn't do nothing. It was bad. How do locker rooms 
respond to those games and how are they supposed to respond? I want, I want what's normal and yeah. what's supposed to happen because we, we yeah. hear that what's supposed to happen on the outside. <laughs> I, I want to hear what's normal after you, you know, what? put your stuff in the car, you it drive was... home and <laughs> you got to think about this for a week. Yeah. After, after, um, after, depending, like if you just get smoked, you, that 70 to 20, you want to flush that game as quick as possible. You, you can't wait to the next week because there's no way that that's us. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no way that that is us. That was just a bunch of mistakes that we made. They're good, but we made a lot of mistakes. That game shouldn't have been out of hand like that. Now, you put two, three, four of these, 13 of these together, now that locker room feeling is a lot different. It's more of when Lovey Smith came here, came to Chicago, and the first thing out of his mouth is we're going to beat Green Bay. And in my mind, I'm like, have you seen the last couple games of Green Bay? Because it ain't been pretty. You know, like, it's just like you start to, like, okay, they're better. These guys are better. And he changed that mindset. I mean, he just changed it. Um, but, yeah, you put, a, you put a few of them together, man. It started to, it started to become... Like, damn, maybe we ain't, we, ain't, we ain't that good, man. And when you start talking like that, then it's all downhill from now. This is back-to-back-to-back to back to back weeks of expectation mm-hmm. of a bounce back and then the disappointment, uh, especially with mm-hmm. the week that the Bears had that we just saw uh, all the noise mm-hmm. was coming from inside the house. And now yeah. you can do the whole back against the wall, don't nobody believe in us and all these other things, or we're not panicking, all the things that were said, and then that game happens. Um, yeah. What did you see and what did you feel? Because I, I saw the football after show with you and Ruthie and Coach Wanstead and Lance and, you know, yeah. got, got Coach so riled up that he pulled, he, he, dropped, a, he dropped a shit bomb <laughs> on us, boy. I was, I, and I saw you look at Lance. And I, was, I was like, I was like, keep it together, AB, keep it together. <laughs> yeah, you got oh, Coach yeah. Wanstead upset. Um, what, what did you see and how did you feel? Because I, I hear and feel something different when you and Lance talk about, it, especially on the defensive end. No, for sure. Um, defense is defense is atrocious, man. It's like you know you don't have guys communicating. Guys don't know what they're doing. It's I a real quiet defense, ain't it? Correct. It's a real quiet defense. And when you have a quiet defense, my six-year-old is walking hey, in. Hey, hey listen, hey, he, anything, could, you know? he, could, he couldn't play He couldn't play for the Bears' defense because he's talking too much. You feel me? Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> I, we, need, so, we, need, we need the six-year-old out there on the field communicating. Yeah. So I'm telling you, like, it was like we talked all the time, no matter what. Like, it was always communicating because if you didn't, you weren't on the field. Now, when there, there's a there's a real fine line when the coaches call the plays and then players got to execute the plays. There's a real fine line to that. And then where does that blame fall, right? It starts to fall on the coach when you are doing it wrong and coach keep putting you out there. Mm. That's when it starts to fall on the coach in my mind. He know you can't do it, or you've proven over and over that you can't do it, but coach keep putting you out there. That's, that's no longer that kid's fault. That's no longer that player's fault. So, and that's that's the tough part about finding where that where that fine line is. Um, but for, for, from what I saw, 
Justin Fields is a phenomenal athlete. Phenomenal. I don't think he's a very good quarterback for this particular system. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just not. Like, this isn't for him. So, at some point, uh, Pose and, and no, I don't think the president has anything to do with it, but Pose is going to have to make a decision. Is he going to keep Luke Getze or is he going to keep Justin Fields? <laughs> he's going to have to make a decision here because anybody else playing that isn't playing a quarterback position would already be benched if they're playing their position in the way Justin has played his position the first three weeks of the season. Like, it's been really bad. So, I think you got to treat everybody the same. And that was a perfect time in that Kansas City game when you're down by 40. There's a chance to put somebody else in there and see if we can get a spark, right? And and nobody's going to question it, right? Because you're, you're, you're losing by so much. Right. Let's you can even spin it and say, we're just going to get Justin out of harm's way. And in that instance, we're going to get him out of harm's way and we're going to look forward to next week. But you want to see what you got with the, with the next guy. I want to see if he can run the system because truthfully, I know everybody, I know everybody's like, they want Justin to do it. I get it. In New England, everybody wanted uh, Drew Bledsoe to do it. They paid him $100 million. Yes, they wanted him to do it. He had a $100 million contract and Tom Brady showed that he could do it. And then you look up and now you got Alex Smith in uh, San Francisco. Alex Smith goes down. You got Kaepernick that comes up. Mm-hmm. Then you got Alex Smith again. And then you got Mahomes. You have, you have, um, you go out to Seattle and that, that football team that Seattle had where they can run the football, they play good defense, but it didn't have a quarterback. They go and get a free agent quarterback in Flynn out of Green Bay. And then they draft a kid by the name of Russell Wilson. And then they went with Wilson. Like, it's just like, sometimes you got to make the unpopular decision if it's best for your football team. I don't get if you, if you're telling me we're not listening to the noise outside, then don't, then don't, don't listen to the noise. Like actually go in and put the best players that can help you win on the football field. I'm not saying Justin's not one of those guys. What I'm saying is that for the first three weeks, what I've seen, no, 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 no. He's not. Because I'm willing to bet that every single quarterback, starting quarterback in the league, I don't care what their name is, they can go throw for more than 99 yards in that game. Like, it's been it's been that bad. And then if you take out the last five minutes of each football game, it's even less. Because that's when they're playing prevent and they're no, they're no longer worried about the game. Yeah, you're catching these passes, but it don't even matter. These are these are these are empty like like um, empty calories. Like I used to hear back in the empty calories. That's mm-hmm. what they are. Mm-hmm. That's what they are. So like I I think we should we have to hold a standard for everybody. And Justin playing the way he's playing, that was a perfect time to get somebody else some looks. Um, but it's going to be hard to do that this week. So something I keyed on uh, during the game, and actually in your in your answer just now was uh getting them out of harm's way uh i want you know I, and i mentioned you you guys the your crew uh in the last pod uh because no matter what there, there were certain things that you knew that that bears crew was coming with whether it be the defense yeah. and then on the offensive side there's a whole bunch of toughness on that front line mm-hmm. you know we talk oh, about yeah. og olin Kruitz, talk about reuben brown mm-hmm. i mean you, you're some dudes on that front line yeah. um there was a moment in the game 
against the Kansas City Chiefs where Willie Gay Jr., and this is how old I am because immediately when I saw the last name, I was like, I remember <laughs> Willie Gay for the for the Steelers. You know? yes. And then, and then yes. I look up his name, I'm like, damn. <laughs> damn. His son, son is running around. His son is running around the NFL. Let me, let me yeah. go put some icy hot on my knee real quick. <laughs> let, me go, let me go take an Epsom salt bath real yeah. quick. But Absolutely. Willie Gay Jr. is chasing down the football because that's what Justin Fields has as he's running for his life. Justin Fields mm-hmm. dives. Willie Gay Jr. doesn't hear the whistle. And Willie Gay Jr. goes in there because he is a ball carrier. And he gives him a forearm mm-hmm. to the helmet. Justin Fields stays down for a couple seconds, right? Dinged up. DJ Moore, the the man who has been at Hallis Hall for all of six and a half hours, goes over and picks up, <laughs> picks up his quarterback. And then mm-hmm. uh, some people say, you know, got him out the huddle. It was like, hey, man. <laughs> no. yeah. yeah. Yeah, you ain't right. Hey. <laughs> What what would have happened if Ruben Brown, Olin Crutes, and all those boys was on that field? Because I, you know, I saw it a lot last year, and we talked a whole mm-hmm. bunch about what last year was and culture and yep. you know, flipping the roster. And I saw that dude that, that Atlanta game get his ass whooped, time yeah. in and time <laughs> yeah. out, and and get yep. picked up by the offensive lineman. And I'm not mm-hmm. for personal fouls and all that, but man, if you're getting your ass beat, don't get your ass beat. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't, right, right. You know what I mean? You can't, you can't lose on the field and on the I know, field. I know the analytics not. people going to get mad at me. I know the people who talk about, you know, average depth per target going to get mad at me. But in this instance, am I wrong, yeah. man? Like, that's no. that's that's the quarterback. It's, it's this team, though. It's this team. Who, Which guy on this team is going to be that guy? I thought Jenkins was that guy. He's not there. You know? He's not there. That's a good point. OG didn't miss game. OG didn't miss game. So he's always there. So everybody always on 100 with him. So when he's there, I'm going to tell you what would have happened. <laughs> what would have happened is every flag that the refs had, they would have threw. And you know, after a ref threw a flag and then he, he see another one, he's going to throw his hat. Hey, hats and flags all on would have been through. Because there would have been a brawl on that. The refs out here naked because Olin Creeks got mad. (laughs) And we're talking about, we ain't talking about Justin Fields. We're talking about if this happened to Kyle Orton. Doesn't matter. If if this happened to Rex, like, I'm talking about an all-out brawl with all five O-linemen. It would have been a mess. But that's its mentality. It's like, this is what we do. We take care of our own. And OG would have led that charge. And he wouldn't have cared what nobody sees. Including the coach. You throw your flag <laughs> if you want to, including coach. <laughs> so, so that's what would have happened, but we know that. Yeah. And it takes a certain, it takes some people, it takes some certain people to do that. And he didn't, we don't have those guys on the, we don't have those guys. No, we do not. We don't. Um, I thought, I believe Jenkins is, but he's not there. So I'm not sure what Davis is. He's never there. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm not here to talk about personal right, stuff. Right. Um, but for me, I, I saw Lovey. Lovey cared if you were there or not. That's it. It was the bottom line. If you're not there, you will be fine. The reason? Okay, I get it. I totally understand. It's a, it is a, valid reason. They're still going to be fine because bottom line is you're not here. You know what I mean? 
So when you are there, you practice. So I've had an, I've had a little battle in my mind with that right there. Like you at practice, but not practicing. Um, so I don't. I never. I, I don't understand it. That he hey, listen, I'm let's just Yeah, the Bears should just shut him down and yeah. save face. Like, I mean, let's for real. Like, let's let's cut let's cut to the chase mm-hmm. I, I played almost 10 years in the league. Yes, I had people die in my family. I had people that had issues, okay? I ain't miss a game. I know. I know. You know what I mean? So there there is something now. I don't, I don't like I said, I don't know how people grieve on um, with stuff. But you got a job to do. Like and now, if you at practice, you practice. That's, so I, I'll leave that. But that's where I'm at with that right there, man. But as far as the what would have happened if if our quarterback caught a right hook? <laughs> yeah, it's it, it gonna be a lot of right hooks thrown out there because OG wasn't playing that. Yeah, and and what, what makes it even more glaring is that uh, Andy Reid thought that the Bears wouldn't be mm-hmm. playing that and was like, hey, Blaine, go ahead and go ahead and throw that uh, throw that helmet on because, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, a team that's in a corner getting their ass whooped just caught mm-hmm. an elbow to their quarterback's face. And this man yeah. right here is the league. So you're going to have to mm-hmm. you gonna have to toss this pill around. And, and you know, Jack Sanborn <laughs> came out with an interception. So shout out, yeah. shout out to Blaine oh, Gabbard. <laughs> 12 oh, years, he's still – I didn't even know Blaine was still in the league. I didn't even know he was still here. Cashing checks. It's crazy. Cashing checks. Cashing checks. You hear yeah. me? He was so happy. What was the old boy name from last year? I'm the chief. Chase. He was so happy he retired. Oh, uh, is it? Ch- it's not Chase Daniel, is it? No, nah, it wasn't Chase. No, nah, it wasn't Chase. Uh-uh, it wasn't Chase. But, <laughs> like, he was so happy dude retired, man. Like, yeah. Like, now he got a spot. Yeah. And he ain't really got to worry about that. Like, hey, nobody's calling for you. I promise you, you that. Yeah, you good. You know, like, usually, usually the backup, everybody calling mm-hmm. for everybody like mm-hmm. the back. They want the backup mm-hmm. in because of. No, 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 not not in this nah, situation. Nah, we running wildcat. Nah. <laughs> we running wild. Nah. <laughs> we running wildcat. <laughs> yes. Oh, so Bears talk with Jason Goff on the full goal. And the kick is good for the win. Fade to black. Brought to you by the Ringer, a Spotify original. I, I, the, the game is the game, man. Uh, I can ask you. Yeah. You know, what what did you see on offense and what you didn't see on offense? Like I, I, I wanna get to the stuff in the week. Um have you ever been on a team where you started to look around and see guys losing a little bit? And when you do, how do you stay in your lane as a professional? but also be as good a teammate as you possibly can be while understanding that, you know, you got stake in this as well. Cause we get into that mm-hmm. point, a B where, you know, a team that just got beat by 50 is a three point favorite at the, at your crib. At your house. Right. Yeah. So if this thing turns to own four, you know, tape film sessions get a little shorter you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that 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 training table get a little bit more empty. Like how how, mm-hmm. how do you as because I don't even know who the college snatchers are on this team, but how do you as mm-hmm. as a general look around and say, all right, gotta make sure this young boy's doing this? Or do you do you kind of see mm-hmm. who's letting go of the rope? Like how do you play this as a teammate? No, you wanna see, you wanna see who gonna play. You wanna see when you're when you're playing bad, this is this is when you see who really loves football. Mm. You see who loves football, who's out here 
They don't care what the score is. They don't care who getting paid what. They love football, and they're ready to go play. They're ready to go learn, especially the younger guys. You want to see them still eager to learn. Um, I was on a couple of those teams um, early on in my career. Though. Okay. So there wasn't a whole lot, I'm going to say. And you got Ted Washington in here. You got Keith Trailer in here, Erlacher, Olin. I ain't saying nothing. I'm just sitting in the corner trying to keep my damn job. Like, because it ain't, it ain't good. We came back. We lost the game against Seattle. And we're coming back from Seattle. And these boys playing cards on the, on the, um, on the plane and yelling and screaming, you know, in between. Still right. playing in between. So if you get, you get posted, you hit that post, man, everybody going crazy because you lost a lot of money. Man, Jerry Angelo came back there screaming and yelling. Like we don't, y'all ain't won shit. What y'all think y'all don't want a football game all this damn? Year? I ain't never seen. It. I'm like, oh lord, oh my goodness, what is happening right now? Like, because I've never been in this situation. Okay, I lost ten games in college. Period. <laughs> we lost nine in a row my my rookie year. I don't. I'm like, I don't know what the hell's going on. No, and we homecoming every like, week, ain't oh we? <laughs> Like it was, it was bad, man. I'm like, I don't know. And 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 some guys, they they were gone quickly, uh, especially when Lovey got he clean out, he cleaned out some guys quick. But we gonna we still gonna get paid on Thursday, so don't worry about it. Well, well, hold on. So my rebuttal to that was, well, hell, we gonna get paid on Thursday anyway. So let's win. Like I don't, I don't understand that. I don't understand your logic on this. Why don't you care? If we gonna get paid no matter what. <laughs> Let's just go win it. Might as well, might as well let our families and our, and, our, and our girls be proud of us. <laughs> yes. my, my mama watching, man. God dang. Like, what? We getting our head beat in? <laughs> not, not to uh, mention, it was the worst year because every year, every game, every week, we were traveling because we were playing all our games champ- down in U of I. Uh, champagne, yeah. Champagne, yeah. yes. Oh, oh it was oh. brutal. Oh, so you traveling to like, go smell shit. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Champagne, yeah. though. Uh, <laughs> champagne, yes, sir. Now, it was, it was, it was, it was difficult. Um, but I was a youngster, so right. I ain't say a whole lot. I try to try to stay out of the way. But then you see your leaders, you see your guys that's gonna be there when things turn around. We had a couple guys in my in my um class that was with all that foolishness. And we're gone in a couple of years. Mm. Like they they gonna get you out of it if you ain't doing what's right, right? So, all right. Um, I'm gonna try to stay in my lane. I ended up starting nine, ten games that year. And once Olin and Lack and them guys saw that I could help, now I was almost in the circle now. I, okay, all right, he, he good. Now you start to feel and it's all about truly, and once you get that level, it's confidence, right? That's what it's about. Because everybody pretty much talented. Now it's the confidence you have. When we look at James Harrison, we know he was a beast. James Harrison was cut three times mm-hmm. and then went back to Pittsburgh to become Super Bowl MVP. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, it's just confidence. That, that's what it is. And I think Peanut went through the same thing. Peanut and Vasher, and you see Peanut doing his thing, but Vasher was the one getting to the You got to play a different one. You got to make the you got to make the plays, right? You got to make the plays. So, Ambassador's making these big splash plays. Mm-hmm. Peanut was a more of a technician doing his deal, but 
that he just like he wasn't making a splash play. But Bash out there doing the damn hula out there, man. He <laughs> he catch a pig, he doing the hula. So Yeah. Yeah, just people doing their job, man. You gotta you gotta stay on people about doing their job. And the people that can do it, they gotta be doing their damn job. So when Erlacher say something to you, well, he doing what he's supposed to do. So you going you gonna fall in line. When Olin tell you he's doing his job, you see it. That's why they going to the mm-hmm. Pro Bowl. Now you gotta have there's no there's no leaders without followers. Everybody can't be a leader. Everybody can't be. And I saw, I saw I, you need a leader, you need somebody following the leader. So when I saw things start to break down in Chicago was that early 2010s when you bring Brandon Marshall in and now he thinks he's the guy. Well, Cutler thinks he's the guy. Well, we already know who the guy is. The guy 54. Like, what was what was B. Marshall's number? 15. He was 15. When you say 15 here, don't nobody say, don't nobody think B. Marshall. Mm-hmm. You say 54 ain't but one number, ain't but one person you think mm-hmm. about. When people know you by your name, by your number, then they, that's that's the captain. That's the leader of that team, you know? So we knew who that leader was. He did what he was supposed to do. So now it's time for you to get in line and just do your thing. And that's what we did. We I never thought that I was better than Erlacher. I never thought that I was better than Wale, even though we went at mm-hmm. it hard. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I'm, I respect I respect the things he's good at, right? And he respect the things I'm good at. Briggs the same way. We all and we know if we all play together and we all do our job, the jobs will get done. Now you can say that, and then everybody can go do it. But sometimes you you're not talented enough. Lance Briggs is going through this thing, and I mentioned Leon Joe on the show. Shout tonight. out to Leon and Joe. <laughs> shout out to Leon. Leon, <laughs> Leon just wasn't. <laughs> I already know what you're about to talk. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go. Leon just wasn't good enough. Like, he wasn't a good enough football player to take Lance Briggs' job, right? He just wasn't. Like, yes, he's big and he's fast, but football is way right. more. They're just being big and fast. So he couldn't take that job. And it was like, like, coach, you put him in here. Can he do a job? Sure. But he can't do it at that level. Like these guys, I have no doubt in my mind, these guys are trying, right? They're trying. They're out there trying to do their thing. But when you're asking them to do something they're not good at, like you're asking Justin Fields, this is what you're going to get. You're not going to get that dynamic player. You think he was dynamic last year? the last seven, eight games of the year because he was throwing the ball from the pocket? Hell no. It's because he had a buck 20 running out of the backfield. That's what made him so dynamic. Right. right. Oh, God. Yeah. It's tough to watch. Um, and I also, I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how the defensive head coach has had the defense underneath him that has allowed 25 or more points 13 straight games mm-hmm. like I'm I, I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm all about getting on this offense as much as anybody else want but you, you mm-hmm. spent some money you let some players go right I mean 
Roquan Smith is out here playing mm-hmm. top yeah. five defender football mm-hmm. the first three weeks of the season. You you went and got TJ Edwards and Tremaine Edmonds who yep. make a whole bunch of tackles seven, eight yards down the field. And 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 I'm seeing a, a whole bunch of, you know, touching the pile tackles that's getting aggregated out here. Like defensively, yeah. Yeah. this defense. Can I man, fuck all this. Is the cover two defense antiquated? <laughs> Like if you don't have if you don't yeah. have Cliff Averill, if you don't have Dwight Freeney, if you don't have yes. A B and Adewale Agunle and Tommy Harris and Tank Johnson and like yep. you you show me the the, the the base cover two defense these days that is tan league up. I, I believe there's like four or five teams that are running it strictly these days. And because they got some all them teams are they got some boys that go eat up front. And they don't need to blitz. Since Iberflus started calling the plays, this team, they blitz more. They're blitzing more. That first game, they they didn't do a whole bunch of blitzing, but we didn't get to the quarterback right. either. So then you look around now, now they're starting to blitz more. You can't you can't blitz. Like you can't blitz a lot during when you run a cover two because <clears throat> you give away the defense. You got two high safeties. When you got one, well hell, they know something's right. going on. Right. When I, I went to when I went to New Orleans and we ran that three-four. Well, you got so many moving pieces. I mean, think about one of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of our game is Peyton Manning. And one of the teams that gave him the most Patriots. problems ran a 3-4 in yeah, New England. Yeah. Yes. They, it, it really, you can really confuse a quarterback when running a 3-4. But what do you need? You need players that fit that system. Now, when you're switching from a 3-4 to a 4-3, very few of those players fit that system because – the defensive ends are truly in a three four. The defensive ends are probably a couple big matches from being yeah, a three tackle size, right? We're talking, yeah, right. okay. That's that's mm-hmm. where they are. So you have to like we gotta we gotta make that switch. Let's go back because we remember. Let's go back and let's let's help yeah. the fans yeah. because I, hey. I got on my hey. I got on my thank you love it. I got him a thank you, Lovey shirt. Hey, okay. last 11 years. Yes. Been real. I really appreciate what everything Lovey did. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I appreciate what Lovey did, but when Lovey got here, let's really mm-hmm. talk about what he did when he got Go here. Ahead. And then I think we'll understand what Eberflus has to do. Lovey, first move, we got Marty Booker. Marty Booker caught 100 passes the year before. He traded Marty Booker to get out of Wale Agulier. And everybody's like, well, what the hell is going on? Nah, yeah, I need this. I got to have it. Mm-hmm. His first pick in the draft, Tommy Harris. Three technique. You got to have it. Second pick in the draft, Tate Johnson. Three technique. Listen to me. It, it, you have to have this. If you don't, you in trouble. His first pick. Well, it wasn't the first round pick, but his first pick in the 2007 or 8, I want to say 8, it was a second round pick. Daniel Manning. Oh, no, no. It's like they had to be 2006 because he was a rookie. They took Daniel Manning really high because you need mm-hmm. that safety. You need a baller at every level. You already got Erlacher. And then you got a bonus and you got Briggs, too. Like, he walked in. He's like, whoa. Now, and let's, let's talk about that because when he got here, I was here. Peanut was here. Basher was here. Erlacher was, was here. Holman and COVID though, right? Here. Ain't none of it was them. Holman and COVID on this side. Yeah, Roosevelt. 
No, was no, no, no. Row one. Row was it? Was it okay, Roe so because yeah, because Warwick Coleman had left two years. Right, won, right, 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 right. Yep, he won a Super Bowl in New England. So Row was Row was gone. It was it was Michael Haynes mm. that was here. Michael Haynes was the other the snake man, yeah. but Mike, yeah, the snake man, yeah, animals and stuff, yeah, exotic animals, yeah. man. Hey, yeah, hey, I'll never forget animals. we had him on his rookie year, and he started talking about his pets. I looked at my producer, I was like, "Hey, man, you had to, hey, right. hey, 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 this man got a lot of interest." Like, man, this, man. <laughs> hey, some, hey, there was something different about Mike. Mike was strong, but Mike was a Mike was a absolute. Three, four defensive right. end, and he couldn't change his mm. body. He couldn't change it. I was, I, that's what I was. That's what I played in college. Mm-hmm. Four, three. I loved it. When I got here, I hated it. I, hated it. I got up to two hundred eighty plus. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Like, <laughs> hey, be out here like I'm a race car, man. Upstairs. I need to be around two sixty five, two seventy. Seriously, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Can't put all this sexy yeah, in that big ass no. package, <laughs> man. Get, Jerry called me. Jerry called me upstairs. Jerry Angelo called me upstairs. Like, hey, where's all that? What's all that? Uh, that 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 explosiveness I seen at Florida? It left when you made me gain thirty pounds. What you talking about? Like I'm in I'm in the, I'm in his office. Hot. Like, are you kidding me? Like, I can't believe you asking me this. Like, man. And then love it, uh-huh. and I get that phone call. Come on down. Love it. Hey, listen, we're gonna need you about two fifty five. When I'm 283, when you go, well, when you come back, when I, that's in like a month. Coach. <laughs> what? I, was, I was like, oh my god, okay, all right. I mean, hmm. but I ain't get down there. But in 04, I played at about 265, and then in 05, I was at my hmm. college weight, 251, 252. Let's ride, and it was just like, let's go get it, uh-huh. and I loved it, uh-huh. loved it. So, but I, I think people have to understand what Eberflus is trying to do in building that team because we played a it was it was a four three that they played in 01, 2000, but they played a bigger four three. So you had your defensive ends was three hundred pounds. Both uh, Brian Robinson and yeah. and, uh, and Philip Davis was both yeah. three hundred. You got Key Trailer and you got um, <laughs> Big Ted. Both of them three forty plus. <laughs> You like Tommy Harris came in, he was 290, mm-hmm. 295. Like he's just just blazing fast. It's a totally different skill set that you have to have to run this 4-3. Now you got to get the players. So he went and got the my I think we have a better or more talented football team this year. What really bothers me and makes my stomach hurt is that we look Man. worse than we Man. looked last year. That's what makes it hurt. Hey, we look work. Hell, our linebackers look better when Sanborn was out there by himself. Like he out there balling by himself, and I don't, I can't understand for the life of me why isn't he on the field more? I think he should be on the field I more. I do too. I know y'all pay these yeah. other cats, but you need to get Sanborn on the field. My producers out there. He, he just make yeah, plays. Get my producers man. out there for real. Get my guys <laughs> who produce out there, and yeah. everybody else can chill and see how that check feel and. When that uh, when that jealousy yeah. and that shame set in, maybe, maybe then maybe you'll start tackling people. Maybe yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, yeah. I forget what I was gonna ask you because I was appreciating that trip down memory lane. I ain't heard, I ain't heard Marty Booker's <laughs> name in a minute, boy. I was yeah, shout out Marty to Book, Book man. biggest hands yeah. in the land. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh yeah, and he was hey, it was a tough night when Marty Booker was in the club too, boy. You had to you had to tuck your shit. You know what I'm saying? You had to tuck your little bottles, you know, Marty was <laughs> you had to make sure that you know, all right, all right, sweetie, we going away. we going home now. <laughs> Marty done bought his money. Marty done bought his money in the club. No, nah, man. Um so coming up now against the Denver Broncos, uh Barrett Bowles said yeah. he's been there for seven years and all they've done is lost and how he feels. Uh, I can assume that this ain't a fun week for the Broncos. So with Sean Payton and Russell Wilson and some of the pieces, it's crazy because they threw up the stats that Russell Wilson has put up the last two years as a Bronco and the previous two years as a Seahawk, and they're kind of the same, but we look at it through the lens of how Russell wow. Wilson just ain't playing right now. Right, exactly. Um, yeah. Uh-huh. <sighs> What can possibly be said up there right now, this week? Like, other than, hey, man, just get back to it, executing details and all the fundamentals. Like, what what are y'all saying to each other in text messages or in your individual meeting rooms after the film goes off? Like, that something got to change, or is it just you're know, trying to work out the kinks? I <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I'm not sure as far as the as far as text messages going back and forth to the players. I, I would what the coaches are saying or what they should be saying to the players, because it's hard to talk about that game and how we played up until this point, but you can focus in on that Kansas city game. You can really lock in on that game and say, that was a super, that that's a defending super bowl champ. That's where we're trying to go. This game that we have this week is a very winnable game. That's how you have to approach this. And you look at the flaws that they had, look at the things that Miami was able to expose on them. No, we do not have most certain, we don't have um, the backup running back there. A chain, uh, yeah. Texas A&M yeah, that a ran for two bills. Yeah, we yeah. don't have him. We definitely don't have Tyreek. Um, I mean, it's yes, we don't have the weapons, but we can. It's a copycat league. And if we saw them put up 70, maybe we won't put up 70 because we ain't got those. We don't have them same players. But, see, I'll take right. 28. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll take 28 and some confidence going into my offense, maybe getting downhill on some plays where we can sustain a drive or two prior to the fourth quarter. Like, if we can sustain a couple drives and keep the defense off the field, now the defense got to do their job. Because truthfully, the defense and the offense, yeah, everybody thinks they work together. But for the defense, you can always go out and get a three and out. I don't yep. care what happens. You can always go out and get a three and out. So wherever you go out on the field, you can go out on the one yard line. Well, stop them. I mean, I don't like that or let them score. Like, like this is what it is. The, the situation changes. You know what I'm saying? The situation change. Your mindset mm. should never change. My mindset is we got to, we got, if they in field goal range, you got to make them try a field goal and we don't block it. That has to be the mindset every time when they're inside. Take the eagle. The Eagles. The Eagles, um, the other night, they threw a pick yep. at the one-yard line. That defense came in, and they said, you know what? This is a, a great opportunity to score yeah. right here. You know what I'm saying? And that's how you got to be. But that's why they're the top teams in the league, because no matter what the situation is, you can look at it and get a positive mm. from it. Yeah, our quarterback just threw a pick. We should have scored. Sure. But, here we're going to take the right here. And if y'all don't turn it over, if y'all don't, if we you can't take it away from y'all, then when you punt, well, we're going to have a on this side of the 50 anyway. 
we're gonna put our we're gonna put our offense back in great field position. So this is how you have to approach it. And that's I, I think it all boils down to that. So but that's how you approach this game. This is not Kansas City at all. You approach this. This is the Denver Broncos. They have a lot of problems themselves. They're looking at us as a as a get right, right game. And you start playing on that. We ain't nobody get right game. You like you gotta start. We it's gotta start somewhere. And Eberflus, he actually said it in his uh, in his uh, in his after, yep. after the mm-hmm. after the game, his post game presser that we gotta have something we hang our hat on. And right now, it's very hard to do that. Like, hey, what are we looking at to say we did this well or we did this well? It's hard to build if you can't start with a foundation of something. And right now, we have no good things to actually build on. Well, A.B., you are the thing that we build on every Tuesday here. I appreciate you so much, man. Oh, uh, man. I'm oh, surprised God. that you brought appreciate up the Eagles uh, because you know where I was going to go with it. You know who I was going to mention. I know. Yeah, I'm a kid. Yes. Hey, hey, his name will not yes. be mentioned yes. on this pod going forward because the yes. tears will start to stream. You know he hey. can't come here. Hey, hey. I don't want to hear Alex. Alex, Alex, we, we, just, have, we just we said Alex, Alex, we, we just said we wasn't going to talk about it. We just said we weren't going to talk about <laughs> it. Right, I don't want right, to hear right. about right. the locker room you that are, a 23-year-old perennial pro bowler to be can't come to. I don't want to hear about that locker room because you know what? That locker room then gave me three ass whoopings in a row. So I don't want to hear about that locker room. I appreciate you, big dog. <laughs> My man, Alex so, man. Brown, Absolutely. right here All on the Four Go Podcast. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. It's Chicago in the house. Let me hear you say yeah. Yo, you listening to the Full Golf Podcast with my man Jason Golf. It's your boy Dave Jeff. So two ninety five of the Full Go Podcast. Want to thank our guest on this Tuesday or Wednesday when you're listening to it. Alex Brown, go to number ninety six. Uh, former Chicago Bear, former Florida Gator. You're not even guess anymore. Yeah, he's, he's just chilling. Yeah, he's just part of the he, crew. He, he part of the vibes. Yeah. He part of the vibes. You know, Tony. But you know, it's yeah. I, I gotta keep reminding folks. You know, who don't know, who ain't down with the crown, who come in here. You know, not wiping their feet off and not. Come on, you're not down with the brown. Well, take it easy. Take it easy, Tony. Oh, yes. I, I just I'm a rapper. I just double on time for Alex Brown. Yeah, I know what you were trying to do. With. That's guys a, in the show. It's a wild like, ass statement. On, That's a wild they have bars out here. It's a wild question <laughs> for anyone. You know, goaded. Yeah. Well, you know, got to be careful. So uh, after that uncomfortable moment, we'd like to say goodbye uh, and thank you to Alex Brown, uh, who you could be down with if you'd like. I'm not going to ask you the question that Tony just asked you. Uh, I want to thank our production staff, the shadowy figure that is known as Steve Cerruti, the exceptional one, Kyle Williams, ladies and gentlemen. Just out here just mowing them down boy fourth quarter looking good fourth quarter is looking good and the chief vibes officer himself chris sutton and my main man he can't there's i'm telling you man he is the bob ori of this pod you swing that thing he's gonna knock down a big shot (laughs) all you gotta do is swing it 
<laughs> he's, he's he's over there and he's doing the whoa, whoa, whoa. you know he's, he's he's got his hands ready and he delivers just just like he did at the at the outro with got to be down with the brown it's tough it's, it's a tough thing to say four brothers on a pod he's asking people if you're down with the brown if they weren't they wouldn't be here tone you know but I digress. Thank you so much for subscribing to this thing. Thank you so much for downloading this thing. Thank you for following us on the socials. We truly, truly appreciate you. Thank you for rating and reviewing us. Giving us the five stars you know we need. If not, we will see you in the streets. We will catch you on Thursday's pod. We'll do the Broncos preview because I had a chance to watch the Broncos Miami Dolphins game today. <laughs> hey, hey, yo, yo, let me tell y'all something yo, right now. Yo, what? Chris, don't do it. Chris, don't do it. Oh, man. Chris, I mean, I Chris was saying, like, I mean, that was that was a, quite a game. I, I was just, okay. I, I was waiting for your okay, reaction no, 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 there. I'm, I'm, uh, no, I'm, I'm, uh, I thought my, Chris was going to give us a prediction. My mouth? I thought Chris was going to uh, <laughs> give us an early prediction. Uh, I don't have any no, predictions for this one. Tony, I thought Chris was about to sprinkle that, <laughs> that, that Pacific Northwest optimism on these motherfuckers. <laughs> on the way out, I thought he was going to do that. On the way out. I thought Chris was going to do it to us. Shout out to our guy, Chris Sutton, Tony, Kyle. I'm Jason Goff. Thank you all so much for hanging out with us. As always, we leave you with this. Take care of each other. Be safe and remember to stay soccer free. Must be 21 and over and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org chat in Connecticut. 1-800- nine with it in indiana 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in kansas 1-877-770-STOP in louisiana visit mdgamblinghelp.org in maryland visit 1-800-gambler.net in west virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in wyoming hope is here Visit GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text H-O-P-E-N-Y in New York. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.